Sky Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Thanks for joining us for On The Pace on this Monday morning. Mick Gearin's very busy this week with the yearling sales in New Zealand. So Brittany Graham with you for today's extended edition. We'll go over the next half an hour. Plenty of happenings in New South Wales harness racing. It was a big weekend and we've got an even bigger weekend upcoming. We had the running of the Sibelia Stakes at Menangle on Saturday night as well as the Palface Adios amongst a really good card of racing. Stylish Memphis was successful in the Sibelia Stakes, booking her spot back for a title defence in the biggest mare's feature in New South Wales next week, or not this Saturday night, next Saturday night, ladies' night there, uh, the newly named Queen Elizabeth II, and Rock and Roll Do was excellent in the Paleface Adios Stakes. He was able to stamp his position in the Chariots of Fire, now worth $250,000 this Saturday night. Now, that barrier draw is to be conducted today at the Harness Race in New South Wales offices in the next couple of hours. So as soon as that barrier draw has been conducted, you'll be able to view it across the social media platforms and also the Harness Racing Australia website. So that final field now, Rock and Roll Do, he's through, as well as Krug, Chevron Art, Better Eclipse and Beyond Delight. And then from last week, between the four-year-old Bonanza at Melton and also the Hondo Grattan, Better Call Me, Bondi Lockdown, Delightful Do, and also Spring This Step and Titian Raider have progressed through. So that is how that Chariots of Fire field looks and we'll have much more knowledge around how the race is going to be run when that barrier draw is conducted at around midday. The pre-noms market is also updated and available on tab. Let's have a chat to a few of the major players from the weekend. This morning on On The Pace we'll chat to Mick Stanley, Sophia Arvidsson and also Jared Orchin because They've certainly got plenty to discuss when it comes to the Carnival of Miracles, which officially gets underway this Friday night at Newcastle. Very strong fields, I should say very strong nominations for that Newcastle mile. So that is set to be another cracking group one. But Mick Stanley's been kind enough to join us this morning for On The Pace to discuss Rock and Roll Do, and hasn't he really burst onto the scene? He's been just bubbling below the surface. His runs throughout the latter part of last season were excellent in Victoria. He put his hand up in that four-year-old Bonanza and he was able to go right on with it on Saturday night in the Powerface Adios Stakes at Group 2 level. Good morning, Mick. I'm sure that it's probably just as much relief to see him do what he did there on Saturday night, your guy, because I have a funny feeling you've had a pretty big opinion of this guy for some time. Yeah, morning, Britt. Uh, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we've always had a had a really high opinion of him, but... Um, you know, he's sort of taken a little while to, to learn his craft and, um, you know, really get uh, seasoned into a horse. So, and he's still got a little little way to go, as we saw at Melton in that Bonanza. So, yeah, just to um, to, to see him step out and, and do what I know he can and, and show people uh, what I've been talking about was uh, was really great. It must have been so frustrating at Melton, not only what occurred at the start, but probably more so how he finished it off, knowing that, had that not occurred earlier on in the race, how much he would have really tested Bondi lockdown, I guess we'll never know. But what was, I guess, did you have to chat with the ownership and say, look, should we go to Menangle? Should we not? He was out of the draw. So it must, was it a 50-50 decision or were you always of the opinion that you wanted to give him his chance despite the fact that you knew he was going to draw bad there on Saturday? Um, no, I always wanted to go because um, I've, 
sort of been really confident the whole way along that um, he's good enough and has the ability if, if things go his way to win a race like the chariot. So I was all, always uh, really locked into going. So, but after after the Bonandra, it did take me a little bit of convincing to uh, get Brendan to come around. Um, Brendan's a really patient uh, owner and he likes to uh, give his horses time and he thought maybe we should just take a step back and, um, you know, just sort of take our time and season him a bit more for later on in the year. But, um, yeah, I, I uh, eventually won won the battle and, um, yeah, Brendan, uh, you know, he said to me yesterday, he said, all, all credit to you because if it was up to me, um, we wouldn't have been going. He said, so I have to, have to give you the credit, yeah. He sat parked, and we don't really know what time they ran there on Saturday night unless somebody's put the stopwatch on them because the timing system malfunctioned. But whatever way you look at it, no matter the time, it was a pretty arrogant victory in the end. He won by three metres, and he sat outside Krug, and at the top of the straight, he looked like the winner, and he just seemed to get stronger and stronger as the length of the straight occurred. Yeah, exactly. It's first, it's quite remarkable in this day and age we can have a race and nobody knows what time they ran it. It's, just, <laughs> it's simply bizarre. Um, uh, but anyway, that's uh, another discussion. But look, I, I'm not too phased about how quick they actually went uh, anyway. Um, it's sort of more the, the way he done it. You know, sometimes you can read a lot into times when they, they don't mean a lot. So uh, you, you like to look at, at how the horses actually won the race uh regardless um, of, of whether what times they actually ran. So, like we said, he, he worked from outside. He sort of poked along, looked, just took his time to get up outside the leader. So he was quite wide, wide for, a, for a while. And, and then to join in and, and um, sort of run away and, and look like he had something uh, up his sleeve too was, uh, you know, the most pleasing part. So we, we're not too fussed about what times he ran. It's just more we take away of, of how he actually done it. What was Luke's report after the race? Yeah, he was uh, he was very happy with him. He, he just liked uh, how casual he was when he sort of poked. He was you know just happy to really uh, poke around there and and drop the bit outside the leader and and just go when um, when he asked him to. So yeah, he gave him a really good feel and um, you know it, it's uh, it's great because um, you know that'll give uh, Luke a, a, even a, a bit more confidence um, now he's had a had a sit behind him for next week. Another important facet of this race on Saturday night is the fact that he's back in the draw. So he has the options of all of the gates this Saturday night. And I know that you wouldn't want to be drawing out in 10 in a chariot of fire, despite the fact that he was able to overcome it last week. So he had to go back to the trials last week to get a first tick. Is that right? Yeah. So we, we took him to the trials on Monday night and, and he just, um, he just followed them around. He, he, he did, uh, not a lot. So, um, it wasn't too bad. We, we've done it before in the past when we've had to, and, and it sort of doesn't seem to affect the horses. So um, he had a pretty quiet week after that with the, the trip up there. So um, I'm, I'm sure with all those things, and, and now he's settled in there in Sydney and he can uh, get back to his normal training regime, we can um, hopefully find uh, a little bit extra to, to what we need this week. Obviously, to you will need to step up a little bit again. But um, as you said, it's... It, um, yeah, look, it's, obviously the draws are, are important. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, we're not too phased we're, wherever we draw. We think, um, we think we've got a horse that will, will give us a chance um, of putting himself in the race at, at some stage anyway. Yeah, well, he proved that last week, which no doubt fills you with even more confidence. What sort of horse 
is rock and roll do is by rock and roll heaven they can sometimes be a little hot but he seems to be fairly level-headed or he looked as though he was there the other night but he's had those two pretty tough runs fresh up plus the trip to Sydney is he a horse that will cop something like that he seems to be a fairly burly type so on type he looks the perfect horse to have those three runs in a week because he's going to have a tough run this week isn't he yeah exactly look he, he's the ideal horse he, he's a very casual laid-back customer um, my eight-year-old daughter she does everything with him uh, at home here as far as putting him in and out of the paddock and grabbing him out of his stall and that, he's a very laid-back uh, fella. And, look, he, he licked his bin out um, after Saturday night. He was uh, looking for, for his feed in the morning. So very, uh, very well, uh, very good doing horse. And uh, I'm, sure, um, I'm sure the runs uh, won't take anything out of him, that's for sure. Sometimes a four-year-old season, well, in the past, has been a bridging season where horses you know, have an opportunity on a on a few occasions to step out into open class. But there seems to be more and more options now for four-year-olds to sort of either stay in their age group or, or go in races where they have somewhat of an advantage. And there on Saturday night after the race, I saw you put out a tweet about the race in New Zealand. It's a, it's a race that everybody's talking about, their slot race. Would you give serious consideration to going to New Zealand with this horse if he came through this carnival well? Uh, not too sure, to be honest, uh, Britt. That was just more of a, a, a jab at um, Craig Hutchinson. Here we are. Uh, I sort of get along uh, pretty pretty well with <laughs> Hutchie and uh, myself. Uh, Hutchie and Liam Pickering and Josh Jenkins have a bit of a message group chat going. And um, I, I sort of stirred him up when he put a tweet out earlier in the week and he basically told me my horses were picnics just to have a <laughs> picnic horses to have a laugh. So it was more just sort of having to dig back at him. So... Um, Oh, look, you, ne- you never know, but, um, it, you know, it probably, probably came across uh, a lot more serious than what it actually was, Britt. All right. Well, there's plenty of other options, certainly a little closer to home for him. Is there any other horses from your stable that will be heading to New South Wales, or is it all in with Rock and Roll Do? No, I think we're all in at the moment. Um, Rack him up, Tiger Pie, slowly getting back to somewhere near his best. But um, there's a lot of options for him around home with the Country Cup. So he'll stay at home. And, and then I've really only got Farah and Banner, who um, who had that uh, sort of... He missed a few weeks, um, you know, would love him to be there. But he's probably... Um, now we've just reset our goal to, to have him ready for, for Queensland. So, yeah, we're, we're all chipped in on Rock and Roll do. Well, hopefully he gets some fortune when it comes to the barrier draw in the next couple of hours. Really appreciate your time this morning, Mick, and best of luck on Saturday. Beauty. Thanks, Brittany. Michael Stanley there this morning joining us for On The Pace and Rock and Roll Do. He's got all the ability in the world, this horse, and he showed that on Saturday night. And he is all of a sudden a very, very major player when it comes to the Chariots of Fire on Saturday night for $250,000. Only relatively lightly raced. It'll be start number 21 on Saturday, but he's won seven with a further five minors. And this season could be his season. Speaking of incredible performances on Saturday night, back to the second race on the card, Better Call Me was able to produce something fairly special. He rated a 150 and 6 mile rate, but even aside from that, it was the way he went about his work which made it so exciting. And he's another that's going to be up to his ears in the Chariots of Fire on Saturday night when he takes his place. And his Reigns woman, Sophia Arvidsson has been kind enough to join us this morning for On The Pace. Soph, thanks for your time today. I bet 
that you were excited by Better Call Me's performance on Saturday night and they having another crack at a chariot of fire this Saturday night? Um, yeah, Bruce, I was uh, I was pretty excited. I was even uh, happy the week before. I thought he really impressed me. And then, um, yeah, on Saturday night, I thought... Um, I, I didn't really expect much, to be honest, because um, um, I was just there, you know, to give him a run. I thought I'll, I'll look after him and just let him run up the straight. And <laughs> he ran up the straight, all right. <laughs> didn't he, What He just chimed in like they were standing still on the home turn. But back to the previous week in that Hondo Grattan, horses don't make ground out wide on the bend around Menangle like he was able to do and he was also he'd had the trip obviously up from Victoria and the like so I guess the the warning signals were there for his rivals but the barrier draw had to be some sort of a concern the Saturday just gone yeah well like last week um I I knew he was way too early to go you know you don't go that early at Menangle uh, but I had to go and I couldn't believe, you know, he needed the run and he kept chasing down the leader and he just kept running to the line and I was really impressed with him after that. Uh, and he was probably a bit similar um, this week, just gone, but he was just a bit fitter and um, over the shorter distance. Um, but, yeah, um, I was just there to give him a run, basically just tighten him up for the chariots coming up this week. So I wasn't too concerned, you know, about the draw or anything because he was just there for a run. Well, he was still able to get the job done. How easily did he do it? Because it seemed as though you were sitting like a statue over the concluding <laughs> stages. Well, yeah, I didn't really expect that. I When I came out and coming around the turn I could see I thought oh all the horses inside of me are gone here <laughs> <laughs> and I I hadn't pulled the plugs or anything I was still cruising so um uh yeah he was it is a long straight though at Menangle you always get a bit worried <laughs> but he uh, he did it reasonably um easy actually so I, um, I was really happy he's a horse it's just flown under the radar a little bit since he came across from New Zealand he contested plenty of big races last year but as is the case for a few of these four-year-olds this season, he seems to have just taken a massive leap forward. He contested the carousel at the back end of last season. And I guess having a few runs at Menangle have certainly benefited him for this campaign. But has there, has there been obvious improvement to you, whether that be at home or at the races, or have you always had an opinion that he'd do a really good job? He just had to find the right conditions. Well, look, he sort of just he felt like a nice horse when he came over straight away. Um, I thought this horse will uh, do a good job. But then he's just so confident at the moment. He's just, I think he loves it when I drive him too because he thinks he's King Kong because I, <laughs> I can't hold him. <laughs> uh, but so he's just, you know, he's just so confident and you know what confidence does to a person or a horse. So I'd say that's um, why he's racing so well. And those uh, runs have been angled. Uh, around the Inter-Dominion they, and the carousel, that was um, that definitely helped him out and he knows the track now and he's um, just running, following the speed enough. Um, it's definitely um, improved him. Uh, he seems to just love the track, to be honest. He's also a horse that's extremely versatile, which is going to be really important when it comes to this Chariots of Fire because there are so many really good horses in the race that probably a preferred position is unlikely to be on offer. In saying that, what... 
where would you like to see him on Saturday night? Is he a horse that could lead all of the way or do you think he's just better following and being the stalker? Well, I don't know. Um, I think I think he'd be better off uh, just tucked away. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to say. I think he could lead. He probably could lead all the way, but I'd, I think it would be better for him maybe just to um, just to follow the speed and just come out late. It'd be interesting to see what the barrier draw um, does because that's always important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, and it's not too far away either. And gate speed wise, he's got plenty of that too. Yeah, he's not like he's not super quick, but he's still um, quick enough, and he has improved a bit in his gate speed. Um, he wants to run the gate. He's uh, not the fast one off the arm, but he definitely can hold his own. Yeah, absolutely. He's no Kowalski analysis from last no. year, but he certainly <laughs> would put himself somewhere in the picture. Speaking of that, so if you've now won a couple of Group 1s, I remember speaking to you prior to the Chariots of Fire last year and you were a bundle of nerves to be there and he ran a great race last year, Kowalski analysis. But what about your attitude going into Saturday night? You just seem as though you're more excited for it this time round and he is a genuine winning hope. Well, I think I've just I've come a long way the last um the last year um which comes with experience but i try to enjoy it a bit more um you know at the end of the day it's just racing it's just horses you know things happen you'll stuff up and um but just try and go out and enjoy it and you can't always control it you know it's a race and things are going to happen and that's out of your control um you know we all it just we're there because we love doing it so you might as well enjoy it and um see what happens um, you know it's not as I said it's not all in your control so um, we can't go out and win every race and no one can because in that case there wouldn't be any other drivers so you know you take the wins you take the losses and you know just um, keep turning up yeah, absolutely. Well, it's certainly working. Your strike rate at the moment is unbelievable, particularly in these big races. I just wanted to ask you about two other horses from Saturday night. Credit Master, he had his first run for the stable. It looks as though he might take a couple of runs to get used to the Australian style of racing, a, a former Kiwi. What was your assessment of him? Yeah, um, I wasn't really sure what... I'd never sat behind him, actually, before I went out on the track, and I wasn't really sure what to be expecting. Um, he's, he's a bit of a funny horse he um he does doesn't really like you know getting gravel on his face um so he he runs like he's off the beat but he's not gone which probably looks a bit odd in the race because he was looked like he was dropping off and then he kept coming and i knew he had plenty left he just um yeah he was just battling a bit around the turn but i think he'll be all right he just uh, i guess know him a bit better and um he has a few runs and i i think he'll um he'll be all right and, um, and he, the other, he's the son of a gun? Sorry. Yeah, he, um, I don't know, he, he didn't really feel like himself on Saturday night, to be honest. Um, it was very wet, and I probably wasn't planning on leading the event. I was going to take a fifth, but um, he wanted to run the gate, so uh, we did that. <laughs> but he just felt a bit lost, I'd say. Um, coming to an angle, having first run, it's a big track over two miles, and... You know, he's just turned three, he hasn't raced it's such a big track before. So I say he just um he just felt a bit lost. Um and I think he'll be better for it. I'm not worried about him. He uh, he only just got beat um up the straight and it's a long straight, so um I think he'll uh, improve heaps of that run. So um 
Barbos in our grand final, so hopefully he'll be ready to rock and roll for the Derby Heat. Is that where he'll go now? He'll have a fortnight between runs to the to the Derby Heats? Uh, no, we've actually put him in this week too, um, in the up in grade, just to see he'll draw well and hopefully he can just sit on the pegs, you know, and follow the speed and just learn to follow and um, that will tighten him up a bit because he definitely needed the run on Saturday, so um, see uh, if he can improve a bit. Excellent. Well, a really good night at the office, no doubt, there on Saturday night. You've got a big evening coming up this week. Best of luck with the barrier draw in the next few hours and on Saturday night. Soph, and hopefully Better Call Me comes up with a good marble. Thanks, Brett. Sophia Arvidsson there this morning. She'll be driving Better Call Me in the $250,000 Chariots of Fire on Saturday night. And he is a horse high on confidence. And that win on Saturday night was certainly excellent. He has got home in a 26-8 quarter leader to winner and uh, he seemed to do it in absolute second gear. So this Chariots of Fire is going to be such a good race on Saturday night. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Today, we race in harness racing in New South Wales at two venues, Newcastle in the daytime slot and Canberra this evening as well. But there's an interesting runner bobbing up at Newcastle this afternoon. My ultimate Byron, of course, he took all before him last season as a two-year-old and he heads to Newcastle to go around in the fifth race on the card today. And his trainer, Jared Auchin, is joining us this morning to discuss that. Jared, thanks for your time. Good morning, Brie. How are you? Really good, thank you. You're taking Byron to Newcastle today. Talk us through that. Uh, well, that wasn't plan A. Um, I guess plan A was to go around on Saturday night uh, in the three-year-old race. But um, he just he actually was out in the paddock with a couple of others and I think one of them must have given him a bit of a touch-up in the paddock and he, he sort of just, he just had a bit of skin off him and there was nothing serious, but we just had to um, just make sure it was all right. So we had to go to plan B, um, which was either here at Angle on Tuesday or obviously Newcastle today. And just the, the 2,000 metres today, uh, I just wanted to put him over the trip today, just leading into the derby. So... Um, that's why we opted to go to Newcastle today, not for any other reason than just to put him over that longer trip other than Menangle tomorrow, which was going to be a mile. The Derby heats and the final will be over 2,400 metres. And, and we know he's he's a hothead, I think it's fair to say. He likes to get out and he likes to run his races and, and run them hard. Is it a concern, the longer trip of the Derby, or do you think that you can put some plans in place to give him every opportunity to run out the distance and settle? Uh, I don't. He's actually biggest worry now. I don't think he's sort of he's the prelim <laughs> now. Like he, he's relaxing really good now. He's um, like the other night. He he didn't tighten the rein in behind, and um, Jim was really happy with him in the run. Like he hadn't had a trial or anything leading into that. Um, so we we were really happy with his um, performance the other the other night. But he just. Um, in the prelim, he just stirs himself up in the prelim. If he can get it, get through the prelim, I think he's um, he'll be he'll be fine because um, he's in track work now. He's not pulling at all, and not to say he won't, but um, he, this time in, even in his work, and that he's he's a lot more relaxed. He made that mistake in the score up in the Simpson Memorial. Was that just, I guess, a? A secondary to what he did in the warm-up. He just had himself all wound up and once he saw that gate and the fact that he was fresh also probably didn't help. 
probably more so that he was fresh. But Cam actually, which it wasn't Cam's fault by any means, but he sort of said that when he got out of the circle, he let him go up to the gate fairly, fairly strong and, and he went to grab him and he said, I probably didn't time it real well. He said when I had to grab him, um, he just didn't, didn't like being resented and that's when he threw his head up in the air. But, um, yeah, no, I think I think that was more just a case of being a little bit fresh. I think um, well, he's never done that in the in the pre-score up before, so I think, um, yeah, I think he'll be right. Today he looks the class of the field, but no doubt you don't want to send him out there today and have him run a, a brutal 2,030 metres, but it's probably not a race you can take a sit in either. Oh, no, we want to let him roll along a bit. Like, um, it's sort of, you know, it's only a, it's only a bit under a fortnight to the derby. So we, um, like, it, it's no easy walkover race either. There's a couple of horses that have been going really nice in the race. So we're not thinking we're just going to go there and, you know, just be an absolute moral, you know. No race is just like that. So, um, first of all, we want him to do everything right. And second of all, he needs a good hit out. So, um yeah, I, I think he'll um, he'll go very good, and just hopefully his manners are really good. That's that's the main thing. I don't even You're watch him more. I don't even watch him warm up because he worries me too much. I go out <laughs> when they're scoring up. He knows his job fairly well, but he wants to get his job over and done with a little earlier than probably you'd like. With the band also goes to Newcastle today. Uh, she'll go around in a race where she gets to take advantage of her mare's concession and Leighton Green jumps aboard as well. Is she getting closer to getting back to her best? And I guess this is a, a decent enough drop back in grey, but the draw's not kind. Yeah, I, I haven't had any luck with this mare, um, just being honest, like, she come down with fairly good Queensland form and yeah I just haven't had any luck with her she just if it's not one thing it's another with her and um yeah I just uh scratch my head a, a bit with her at the moment I just can't seem to sort her out but she gets a big drop back today and I'd be disappointed if she didn't um didn't run a better race today I think she I know she was down ingrained on Thursday night and she went a lot better having no luck um yeah, I, I, I do think she should go better today, but she'll need to. Saturday night, my ultimate Baxter went around in a really hot three-year-old event over the 2,300 metres. Your report on his third? Um, I was a little bit disappointed, to be fair. Um, I thought he was entitled to win with the run he had. It was a real strange race. They went so slow. And, um, I haven't seen his sectionals, but I'd reckon that... I'd reckon he's probably gone about 53.5 or something. He's half. Um, 53.6. Yeah, yeah. So like it's a good half, but I still thought he should have should have won. Um, I just I blame myself a little bit there. I was probably a bit too easy on him because I had him really wound down to go for the Simpson sprint. Like that was his aim from a long way out, and I'd really, really screwed him down. And then it was a month till the Derby, so I didn't want to keep him at that level I sort of backed off him and I, I just feel that I might have backed off him a little bit too much um, he had a real good blow after the race um, so yeah I, I just put it down to probably not having him quite where he should have been on the night but I, after how he's pulled up and that I think you'll see a different horse in a fortnight What does the Derby Assault look like Like obviously Byron and Baxter is running about no, nah, Ronnie just had a minor setback. He's gone to the paddock. Um, 
he'll come back and his main aim now will be Queensland Derby. Um, nothing major, we just more precautionary. Um, he went to the paddock and it was going to be a racing time to get him ready. And I didn't want to go there if he wasn't 100%. So there'll be, yeah, Byron back. Uh, yeah, Byron back. Uh, Mildum and Billy went terrific at Newcastle on Saturday, uh, Friday night. He'll, he'll go towards there. Um, and my ultimate Chevron flies over from New Zealand today. Um, so I'd, I'd say he'll go that way as well if I'm happy with him when he comes over. Um, and maybe maybe my ultimate Levi. He was disappointing the other night, but sort of got raced outside his comfort zone first up. Um, he sort of probably does like to be held up, not sitting outside the leader, but I was disappointed with him, so we'll give him another start before the derby, and if he if he shows more improvement, he'll head towards the derby. If not, he'll just get set for the um, Queensland triad. Any for the Oaks? Madrid. Okay. How You're obviously very happy with her? Yeah, yeah, she's exactly where we want her. She, her last start, she was terrific. Um, well, both starts this time have been terrific. She was unlucky at her first start. And then um, last week, she couldn't have been more impressive. Um, yeah, she's right where we want her. We just um, need, a, need, a, need a draw. And I think she'll be she'll be right thereabouts. It's a strong, strong Oaks. Um, just Hope's been flying. And more Ovita's going really good. Just remember me. Um, Miss X went good the other day. You know, it's a, it's a really strong bunch of silly so uh, I guess her asset is her gate speed so she can put herself up there What about for her when it comes to longer trips because I guess they probably haven't really had an opportunity to see the longer distance until they line up in the heats this week. Yeah I think that's probably where the New Zealanders and the um, and the Victorians have got it over us a little bit they race over a bit more distance in all their races where we only really race over the mile here so um, yeah, it'll be a bit up in the air, but oh, she's such a relaxed filly, such a well-mannered filly. I'd be very surprised if she didn't get the trip. Well, an excellent team heading towards those three-year-old features. Best of luck this afternoon as well at Newcastle, and thanks for your time this morning, Jared. No worries. Thanks, Brett. Jared Orchard this morning there. So as you can hear... Certainly weight of numbers when it comes to the derby, but that filly Madrid, she's returned in excellent fashion, luckless in the race. Then she went to Penrith last time out and she is already a Group 1 winner, so she knows what it's all about to win at the highest level. So a very busy few weeks coming up. There'll be all of the fields this afternoon for Saturday night's Chariots of Fire card. Can't wait to see how that barrier draw plays out in the next hour or so. We also have, as I mentioned, the heats of the New South Wales Oaks as well amongst a pacing free-for-all, a trotting free-for-all as well. So it is all starting to really heat up when it comes to the Carnival of Miracles. And also when it comes to that Newcastle Mile, we'll also have fields through for that shortly as well. Back-to-back Group 1 nights this weekend. Newcastle Friday night with their mile and an automatic invite through to the Miracle Mile and the Chariots of Fire on Saturday. Plenty more to come this week on On The Pace. No On The Pace tomorrow, but then we'll have... Wednesday and Thursday to really dissect those fields ahead of an enormous weekend in harness racing.